0: It's season four of Soulful Connections. I'm Amanda Soler, host hosting creator of this podcast. Join in as I get to connect with people who are living their most meaningful and intentional and authentic lives. Listen in and let's connect. Connection. Let's
1: talk about Well, hello, Roseanne. Hi, honey. How
0: are you? Good. Nice to see you. (laughs) It's great to see you. I um did I commit to us talking about anything specific?
1: No, it's so funny. I thought I talked thought about that later this earlier this morning. I cannot even talk, Amanda. (laughs) (laughs) But I thought about that and I thought, forget, are we talking about something?
0: Yeah, well, you know, it's funny because I was looking back at blogs. I thought, well, let me look at my blogs and see. And I wrote one, I wrote this blog that I haven't published yet um, because I'm not sure where I want to publish it, but it's all on mental health, you know, it's just like our approach Mm -hmm. to it. So I thought we could talk about that. And then I thought, You know, the whole, my whole theme, whether I say it or not, the underlying theme for, you know, 2024 with the podcast is all becoming, you know, what gets in our way of becoming our fullest self as we evolve or what helps us as we become. So I kind of like one day when I was in the car, I was talking to my phone so we could even just talk about that like if you think you know this is something that has helped me or this is something I've shed you know or this is something that really keeps getting in my way you know um do you want to hear stuff that I wrote down
1: these are going to be themes of podcasts
0: so you and if I keep this in everybody is getting a little advanced I put um you know we want, we kind of want to be seen. I think we have this weird love hate relationship with being seen. We want to be seen and understood. And then we kind of throw all of these things up so that people don't truly see and understand us. It's this weird double-edged sword. Um, I also thought something that gets in the way of becoming who we wish to be is societal norms. Mm -hmm. So, you know, whatever that may be, for me, it could just be, I hate platitudes and things that everybody gets behind. Like if you see it on a bumper sticker, I probably hate it, yeah. <laughs> you know, for somebody else, it could be, Hey, I'm transgender, but that's not a societal norm. And I can't be myself, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. So that's
0: like the type of thing. So do you have any thoughts about that? Any of it?
1: Yeah. Right. It's like, what gets in your way? I don't know. Um, gosh, Amanda, what gets in my way? Um, what gets in my way sometimes is trying to make everybody else happy. Yeah. Gets in my way. Um, sort of trying to always keep the peace or, or keep the stability and, um, right. Yes. yeah, I think that's a lot of women because I yeah. see, like, I don't really see my husband or my son even doing that. They're 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 completely stepping up, making their own path. Um, yeah, and not, not that I mean to say regardless of what anybody else thinks, it's not that, but um, they don't worry about it. I guess
0: I like we love that. Maybe we can kind of talk about that because I was even thinking today. I was doing this guided meditation and the guy's like, okay, think about this time where you just felt complete joy, this meditative leader that I was listening to. And I was thinking, oh, you know, when I'm out with everybody and we're dining or when we're doing this. And then I started also thinking, gee, I'm always kind of trying to control a situation no matter where I am. So if I am out with everybody I'm still in that okay like is everybody getting what they want to eat is anybody going to annoy the other person like there is this part of me that is in a, a, a suspended state of control which is kind of exhausting
1: yeah and would you want Victor to be that person instead of you
0: you know Maybe there nobody has to be that person. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe I could just just go, well, you know, hey, this one of the five didn't have a good time. You know, I'm always thinking there's five of us and five of us have to be happy. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe I could just accept that one of the five has a moment where he or she is not happy.
1: Mhm. Maybe, yeah, and like we said before, why is happiness always the end game, right? So <laughs> like, true. That is just so sort true. of the goal. Like every, it always has to be happy. Um, yeah, I, I, don't know, because I think I'm like you. I'm sort of controlling the situation. Um, you know, even if we go on vacation, I'm like got it all mapped out. Um, yes, we're gonna go here on this day, and then we're gonna Me go too. there. We're gonna eat at this place, and and then I think, gosh. I resent it. Why do I always have to do it? And then I start to think, I wish Jeff would do it. And then I think, oh, well, if he does he's not going to do it right. So, right. so what is the answer to that?
0: Yeah, it's so like, true. Yeah. I'm even thinking about like birthday parties for the kids, you know, when they were little, <laughs> I mean, when that birthday party was over, I was like, thank God, you know, uh-huh. I think about somebody's birthday. I am so hyper vigilant to see that that experience is so fabulous that, yeah. you know, when it's all over, I'm like, thank God. And we've talked before about Christmas. Don't even get us started on Christmas.
1: Right. And all of
0: the, Right. Yeah. 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 And yeah. that, you know, I love that you brought that because that's really, I think I've maybe, I'm not sure. I think I've unfurled a little bit I don't think I've unfurled from like pleasing my family. I think I've definitely come a long way as it relates to pleasing, you know, other people. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Although maybe even when I'm pleasing my family, I'm trying to please the world because I'm, you know, if I really go deep, I think, am I trying to say, look, look at us, look at this happy five of us, you know, hate to yeah. say it, but maybe there's some of that in there.
1: Well, I think we're really sensitive to, to everybody else's feelings and behavior, because if we're out as a group and somebody's kind of not having fun, that affects me. Like, I feel yes. like I, I'm, I'm anxious now, or, you know, if somebody doesn't get what they want, you know, at dinner or whatever, and they're like unhappy, then we're all feeling it. So I yeah. sort of never want that to happen. So I'm always trying to get out of it. <laughs> <laughs> there's so much you can't control, right? <laughs> I
0: also I wonder Grizia, we're both the youngest child, you know oh, my, maybe there's that? some of, maybe that's some of it. I mean, I don't know your your parents were always just like such a peaceful duo. <laughs> my yeah, parents weren't were. quite as peaceful, but I wonder if that plays into it that youngest. I don't mm-hmm. know, but we are both the youngest
1: right and the youngest of identical families yes you know, that's so an true older sister and older brother and same same as I exactly yes. the same Yes. yeah so I don't know it's weird to think but um yeah I'm definitely the peacemaker in the family yeah. I'm always the one trying not to cause any trouble me um, too <laughs> I'm hiding <laughs> if I'm in trouble. <laughs> so nobody and honest
0: to God, I always feel like the kids think if I break, they're probably going to be like, holy moly. <laughs> now the world is crashing because, you know, I do feel that sense that I have to be the peaceful center always, yeah. you know, right? I don't know.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think that's the dynamic too of, the you know the relationships that you and I are in, we have wonderful husbands that can be very reactive. (laughs) It's so true. So we have to sort of keep the yeah, sort of I feel like I have to keep this piece of stability. Yeah. And I think we are very
0: I think somebody who's hyper reactive and I worked with somebody like that and I have friends sometimes who are like that. I think that they're usually people who aren't that self aware
1: mm-hmm
0: and hundred percent right I, you know, and you and I are very right? self-aware mm-hmm. we're we're aware of everything. we're aware of ourselves, we're aware of yeah. you, we're aware of the whole entire situation mm-hmm. and yep. sometimes I think that's really wonderful, but it is, I think you must get to a point in life where you're like, okay, uh, you know the illusion of control is just that it's an illusion,
1: mm-hmm yeah yeah Yeah, and and the the whole saying please just i'll say to jeff a lot poor jeff he just gets beat up on this podcast doesn't he (laughs) he doesn't listen to it (laughs)
0: well you know i can we can beat up because he really doesn't listen to it (laughs) although because it's you he may listen to it
1: (laughs) but i'm forever saying to him can you please just remember to respond to something instead of react to it yeah like you don't have to have an immediate right. reaction you can pause you can breathe you can think and then you could say whatever it is you're going to say right. but it, I but I feel like there's not even a second in no. there where there's not a complete reaction straight yeah. up um yeah. completely thoughtless and it just happens like there's not control o- over no. that
0: no and, you know, actually, even with Victor, if he thinks it, I mean, one of the things that drew me to him is he is mm-hmm. 1 million percent authentic.
1: Right. If he thinks i thinks got it, that guy too. Yeah. Right. He Love says it. it. And if However... he says it,
0: you know, it's true. <laughs> he's not <laughs> sneaky. He's not a liar. He's not any of those right. things. But I do sometimes say, hey, just because it enters your
1: brain does yeah. not mean it has to come out of your mouth. I say that all the time. I feel like I'm talking to my eight-year-old son. Just because it's in your head doesn't mean it has to come out your mouth, you know? (laughs) And my mother, she really drilled that into us when we were kids. She was always like, well, what she used to say is, Roseanne, you just think before you speak, please. Think before you speak. And she drilled it into us so much that sometimes I overthink before I speak. Like I, I play the whole scenario through my head before it even comes out. And that's not healthy necessarily either. No,
0: I think also we were raised, we both, you and I went to Catholic school, raised by two Catholic parents and not only Catholic parents, but our parents, you know, you can be Catholic in name only and you can, you know, do a whole host of things that are kind of antithetical to what supposedly a Christian upbringing is. Just look at, the world in which That's we live right. yeah but my mom and dad and your mom and dad they're pretty ethical you know yeah, they really
1: live their catholicism but no yeah. question about it right. they really live it mm-hmm. and i
0: think a part also was to be as good as you possibly could yeah you know what i mean i think we did grow up from a very young age to try to be as good as possible hmm and um, the pleasing comes in for sure. Yeah, I think so. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I always tell people I'm not a pleaser. But because in certain things I have really clear boundaries and certain things I honestly don't care, you know, what people think.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but it might be something other than pleasing. I think it might be controlling <laughs> more with me.
1: You know, I mean, maybe I. I think like just yesterday I was at the dentist, and you know they. It's kind of funny because I was in the waiting room waiting, and fifteen minutes went by, and I heard the hygienist say, "Oh, you know, is Roseanne here?" I'm thinking, "Yeah, I'm in the waiting room, (laughs) right?" She's and they said had some kind of conversation. The next thing I know, I had my phone in my hand, my phone rang, and they're calling me like they don't know I'm there. So then the receptionist makes eye contact with me and then she quickly like runs over to the other girl and they hang up the phone call. And, you know, I could tell they were flustered. Like somebody forgot to tell them I was there. Right. And, you know, when, when the hygienist came in to get me, she, she's like, I'm so sorry that we we kept you waiting. And I, you know, and I just said, oh, it's fine. I had, it gave me a chance to catch up on some emails. And I thought to myself, wow, I really work hard to not hurt people's feelings or not make people feel bad. Yes. Or, you know, just make sure that, you know, everybody's okay. So it's it's kind of that thing.
0: Yes. And, you know, there's probably a bit of a good girl, you know, being the good girl. And, you know, even if I'm on the phone with customer service, I want to be the best person they've ever talked to. I'm going to be chatting with them, making them, I want them to leave that phone call like better than before they got on the phone. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and at the same time, it's interesting because I don't think you or I are pushovers we never have been
1: right and not even as young kids no we weren't um I mean goodness if I didn't like something it was clear I mean right you know look at look at that like example of that silly boy girl party that we went to when we were kids and and, you know that they played that slapping kissing game (laughs) yes Yes. and I got slapped I slapped right back yes
0: so we may have mentioned this before but I'm going to mention it again so we went to this game it was like fifth grade we were in fifth grade I think we were in fifth grade
1: yeah that sounds about right Mm -hmm. yeah
0: we went to one of our friends houses and the mom and dad like were all in on this game and what they did is they kept us all upstairs and then one person went down and so For example, I go down, Roseanne's behind me because she was my best friend since first grade. So, you know, here we are in fifth grade. She's now behind me. I go down and when I come down to the basement, all the kids are like, you held the waist of the kid in front of you making a circle. And then you would go around in a circle and go choo, 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 because the game was called choo-choo.
1: How weird is it
0: that we remember this so vividly? I know. And we were in fifth grade. And so- all of a sudden, you don't know what's going to happen. It stops. And then each person kisses the person behind them on the lips. And so the person in front of me, I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, here I am in fifth grade. He's going to give me a kiss. It's kind of a weird game, right? I mean, already, people, uh, this is pretty weird. Boy, girl, bo- boy, girl doesn't account for any kind of
1: differences. No,
0: never. <laughs> So anyway, the so person frankly, in front of me. Frankly, I would
1: rather kissed you, Amanda, than anybody. I, <laughs>
0: honest to God, right? So the person God. in front of me, I'm expecting this kiss, and he slaps. Me. And that's the joke, that you get slapped. So I was like, oh, geez. And then I find it's the joke, and then I kind of laugh, and then chew, 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 chew right? I do the same thing to the person behind me, and then it's Roseanne's turn. Rosanne comes down. <laughs> The whole tutu goes around. The boy in front of Roseanne slaps her. And by the way, these slaps were like gentle little slaps. Right. Roseanne pulls her hand back and she slaps that boy so hard.
1: Because <laughs> she was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, I knew in fifth grade that you should not get slapped by a boy ever. <laughs> I wasn't standing for that. <laughs> and that was Roseanne. So and, we you know, over. I was
0: telling... <laughs> I was telling my kids like about the amount of like if somebody made me mad, you know, I remember pushing them. Like it was the 1970s were a whole different thing. <laughs>
1: Rough, right. <laughs> right. There were no boundaries I, of any kind.
0: <laughs> no boundaries. And we took no prisoners and we were really clear about where we stood. And and we were pretty strong. And and I still am in. Certain ways and in cer- certain circumstances. Mm-hmm. And yet there's still this inherent need to control my environment in a way that is kind of ridiculous, probably.
1: Yeah. And I think that's what it is control the environment. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I- I'm like, just
0: now at this stage in my life, learning, sometimes I'll want something so much that I will not entertain other options or avenues or, and I will just make something happen if it kills everybody. Cause that's mm-hmm. the other thing. As much as I want to please my family, they they're also part and parcel of whatever scheme I've got going. <laughs> I want them all on board. Mm-hmm. So I am just now realizing, Oh, you know, that might not work. Yeah. I might have to go this way.
1: Especially when you have adult children, which you know, you almost do. I have all adult children now, but you're you're close to that. And yeah, they are gonna do what they're gonna do. Yeah.
0: And Um, even with me, I mean, you know, I think being laid off from a job, you know, I had a vision of how that was gonna go. I was like, Oh, they'll probably reduce my hours, then I'll build up my own business and then we'll part ways amicably, and this is how it's all going to work. And one day I walk in and boom, done, get your stuff, get out of here, compute. And I think that also taught me, oh, I did not control that, you know, that event, that experience. And so, you know, it also taught me, you can only control so much.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, any good psychologist is going to say to you the only control you have is your reaction to what's happening to you yeah that is it how you respond to whatever is happening that's all you've got yeah Um, yeah
0: maybe what we need to do Roseanne
1: because I'm always thinking
0: every I don't know every day I kind of want to be more self-actualized than the day before and I'm always thinking about our own evolution our personal evolution and then kind of as a society, our collective evolution. And I think, well, maybe we have to give up little things. Maybe we try not, I'm an interventionist. Is that a right thing? If if, yeah. if I see something happening, if even a two of the people in my household are talking and I don't like it, I will kind of go, hey, I can solve this.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and I'll intervene. Yeah. And maybe a first step is just not intervening.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's uh, probably really mature honestly yes is to just let them work it out yeah but oh yeah. boy I, I don't think I could do it I don't think <laughs> I could either because I still I'm think picturing it I'm not seeing it <laughs> picturing it too and I'm like
0: I don't want the one person to hurt the other person and I can like it just I can hear like you know, we all have, as a family too, you know where to go. You know, like the little, I don't yeah, know. You
1: know how to hurt the people closest to you. You, you really do. do. You yeah. do.
0: So, and you learn to temper that. I think you learn to temper that along the way. But, you know, when you're young, you're still kind of, you're on your own journey too. So there's yeah. a lot of self-protection or whatever going on, you know?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a lot of self-centeredness, you know, when you're young. Yeah. 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 I recently said that to my daughter, Hope, I think we were talking about something and I said, yeah, it's that's when you realize you've grown up when you recognize that nobody's really thinking about you and the yeah. world does not revolve around you. That's yep. when you know you're, you've, you're grown up. Yeah. Cause you think yeah. differently as you're younger, everything seems like it's it must be because of you.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. And I'm thinking about even what you said
0: about the reactivity as opposed to kind of responding, you know, look around, go on social media, you know, even an email, people don't take a beat before they respond to an email. They don't take a beat before they respond to, you know, something that offends their sensibilities, you know, on the internet or on social media or something. I mean, if you want to hate humanity, read comments.
1: comments. And that's what's shocking, you know, is I I just today I was reading some something on, I guess, comments on something on Facebook, I think. And I thought, seriously, these people that don't even know each other are going back and forth with each other about a comment. And then I thought, who has this kind of time Or, or interest to prove their point? Um against somebody else's point. I, I mean, Amanda, if it was you, I, I'd be wanting to prove my point maybe or talk to you about it, because I care about what you think. And if I think you're really wrong, I want want to make sure you know that. We could argue it. But, but these could are you imagine these are going right. back and forth? And just imagine that you see my
0: comment and you really want to say, Oh, Amanda, I see it differently. You wouldn't just go back and forth. We wouldn't be talking to each other on facebook (laughs) we would just call and we would discuss it and you know it when i look around when i read comments because some of them can be really ugly
1: it can be so mean. these people are really mean yeah to somebody and i just think why does that well i i do often like you said temper things by saying to myself does this need to be said yeah that's a good question does this need to be said and I can tell you that most of those comments, they do not need to be said. Just no. just just leave it.
0: That's right. And if you have a political ideology or some sort of legislation that you think is important, you don't have to insult somebody else or be mean to somebody else. It's just truly i that's when I talk about our collective evolution. I think we are more evolved than we were 200 years ago. I really do think that no matter what it looks like. Mm -hmm. And sometimes if you read the paper, you you think, oh my gosh. Are we, right? I I don't know. But then I think, yeah, I think we are. I really, really do. But I think we have, I think as a civilization, we're just so young, you know, because sometimes I do think, well, here I am trapped in this, body I've been given with this brain that can only think so much and so far with these inclinations, like these proclivities that we're talking about, you know, controlling my environment and worrying that everything works out. Like this is the brain I have and I will evolve and I will read and I will grow, but it's still limiting Mm -hmm. and we are limited. So we have to do the best with what we have. And I guess a piece of that means you better look at yourself. And if you find yourself blaming in some sort of relentless way, other people, you need to pause maybe or seek help because, you you know, well,
1: sometimes the common denominator is you. That's right. And it's I know it's probably really hard to see that when it is you. (laughs) You Oh, and it's usually you you
0: in some level. Yeah. I mean, even I can even see that in, you know, my former job, you know, I know I'm definitely one who says what I think and that doesn't always go over big and I Mm -hmm. could probably temper that more. And I, I just think. It doesn't help me to think about how somebody else could change. It only helps me to think how I can grow.
1: Yeah, because that's all you have control over, really, in the end. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's very true. Yeah, that's wow.
0: interesting.
1: It really is, Amanda. It really is. Yeah. And we learn a lot from our, our hardest experiences, like you said, with your sudden job loss. You know, yeah. yes, you were considering what kind of exit plan or, or forward movement you wanted to make anyway, yeah. but it didn't turn out that way. It, it was a completely, a catches you completely off guard. right? And I know, I mean, I, I'm sure you're similar to me that you relive that situation over and over again in, in a different way that didn't really even happen where you think oh, I should have said this, or I should have done that. And, and then you just start to make it up you know yeah. in a way that's just you create your own fantasy almost of what what could have happened had i said this and they said that and and sometimes was i mean wasted I, yeah it's such a I race. don't really
0: do that because i have to say i handled it like a boss for mm-hmm. example <laughs> i handled it like so perfectly i was a little tearier than i would have liked at some point i was like you know how that happens But I think I handled it well. I mean, it was a shock to my family financially. You know, that was also such a rough road. That has been such a challenge because I had to, I mean, financially, we're still pulling ourselves out from under that loss. And that Mm -hmm. was hard. And I did think about, I did think about a a few people. I thought, wow, they really hurt my feelings. (laughs) They hurt my feelings because I trusted them on a different level. But I still think, well, you know, they did hurt my feelings. And now I know who they are. And and it makes me value you and my people who are just such beautiful blessings in my life. I mean, that is really the truth. Whenever anything happens to me, all the way, along the way, no matter what, my people are there.
1: Mm-hmm. And yeah,
0: that's powerful.
1: It is. You know, that they'll never let you down. You yeah. know, you, you don't look back and go, I can't believe that she said that to me or did right. that or or didn't do that. Um, yeah, there's, it's pretty amazing when you have a group that y- you can be sure that you're never going to say those things about. No, I remember
0: one time I said to you, so-and-so did this to me. And you said, oh, well, I hate him now. <laughs>
1: Exactly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, Yeah. 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 Right. And you just go, yeah, I don't need to learn it personally. <laughs> I, I, I will 100% <laughs> believe you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. it's those hard times. I think that, yeah, we start to. That's where we grow out. anyway. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I, I love, I mean,
0: really, I think that's where, that's where we learn the most. I love the great times. They're my favorite times, but I can't say that I learn as much from them, you know, from those experiences. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, Roseanne, but well, we're going to, you, and I'm going to ask Lorraine and Linda if we can get together and do like a New Year's podcast.
1: Yeah, that was super fun last year. Yeah, maybe we
0: could even, depending upon, I don't really do much during, on New Year's Day, but if you guys do, no, we, we won't either. do it. No. Mm-mm. Maybe we can do it. We can each get our favorite beverage and we can have like, we could dress up and do like a New Year's Day podcast.
1: Yeah, for sure. That would be fun.
0: I already think I have like a resolution in my mind. I call it resolutions. People are so funny because the word resolution people hate, but I've been Mm -hmm. calling it resolution for so long.
1: Yeah. Why do they hate the word resolution?
0: They're Mm. like, oh, you should be thinking intention or you should be, I don't know. People hate. I don't know. I approach the new year with resolve. I like endings and I like beginnings. I like. Any demarcation. I like milestones. I like celebrating anniversaries. I like
1: yeah back to school I time. Agree. Mm-hmm.
0: I agree. Yeah, so good. And I think Lorraine and Linda do too. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they do. Yeah. So we'll get together and maybe talk about that and talk about the year and talk about what we're looking forward to, um, in twenty twenty four.
1: Yeah, hard to believe we're there. Yeah,
0: I know. I thought you'd be on the East Coast by
1: 2024 was in. Yeah, me too. And that's the other thing too. talk about, you know, a holdup, you know, for me. Yeah, big holdup for me, you know, and we're, you know, we're caregiving for Jeff's aunt who's here. She's terminal, but we've been doing that now for a year and a half. Yeah, you just never know what's going to happen. But that's it you know you make a commitment and you know it's not that we don't want to do it of course you know we're all she has so we we want to care for her and 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 she gives us as much as we give her so it's 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 a truly you know give and take absolutely but but yeah it's like you just don't always have control of what you want you know i i've been saying it for so long now i don't want to live here where i live but um you know, it's, it's been, we've had moments where we're close to moving and something gets in the way. Yeah. And I think, well, I guess I just need to look at it as if that's, there's a reason for that. Yeah. I'm praying about it so I can only believe that there's, you know, that God's in control of it. Right. So yeah, he wants me just sitting here for now. Um,
0: Yeah. And I think you're just going back to you know, I think the theme of this podcast is control and mm-hmm. we don't have any. <laughs> yeah, and so not always. Right. We not don't. We, everything. Right. So, so you kind of have to just adjust, accept, surrender and go through these twists and turns that life offers you and, and kind of try to celebrate where you are as much as you can or you can't always celebrate every moment and i know that some people you know we've all had those twists and turns that are devastating twists and turns and i'm not suggesting celebrating something that's devastating but finding your peace within it is the only way to go i guess Mm
1: -hmm. yeah because you know we've we've both had you know difficult things happen. And I don't know, you know, we've said it before, even on that really difficult day, we can, we've laughed, you know, yeah, yep. and when Clara was in the hospital and things were very grave, you and I had laughter in those days. We did during those days, hard to think you could laugh when, you know, you think that yeah. your, your child is so dangerously ill, but we did we laughed and, and we ate together and we cried together and we had cups of tea together. And, um, you know, it was, you can have all of that, all of those things with, it's funny you said, those times you know,
0: I have to tell you just before we hopped on this podcast, I said to Clara, Hey, I'm podcasting with aunt Roseanne. What should we talk about? And she said, talk about how awesome I am. Oh, that's so, so cute. cute. <laughs> right. So she made her way in to the podcast. That's
1: so good. How awesome I am. She is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she really is. Uh, I mean, she. Uh, yeah, yeah she's. She went through a lot that she doesn't even remember, and and yeah. you know, my daughter hopes similarly. You yeah. know, had a lot of early, early illness that she doesn't remember. No, but you got to think that gives them some kind of perseverance in their personality i think yeah and i also think that i tell Clara,
0: you know that trauma also is there within them you know just because you don't remember it doesn't mean it doesn't exist and live somewhere and i'm always Mm -hmm. curious about that as well you know that would be an interesting Podcast.
1: Yeah. I often think, so, you know, hope seems like she's able to take a lot and she's able to sort of um suffer at high levels, you know. Yeah. And I think it might be because of all she went through when she was an infant the first two yeah. years of her life. You know, yeah. she suffered a lot and seems like she has a high tolerance. Yeah. For lots of things. Not just, you know, physical pain, but but for for a lot, she has a high tolerance.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah that- I
0: mean, I think about When Clara, you know, when she was intubated and they gave her paralytics so that she couldn't move, but the other Mm -hmm. drugs had worn off and that terror, you know, that she was feeling, of course that's gone, but where does that go? So, Mm -hmm. you know, trauma is such an interesting um, topic.
1: You know, I recall um, my pediatrician, the day they hospitalized Hope, I took her in, and he looked at her, and gosh, Amanda, she was, what, a couple months old? And he said, she looks frightened. Mm. This baby looks mm. scared. Yeah, We're admitting her to the hospital. He didn't even know what was wrong with her.
0: He That's no a great,
1: P- was that Dr. Tom? Mm-hmm. It was yeah, Dr. he was Tom. so good. Yeah, just by looking, I mean, and he spent a lot of time just looking in this baby's yes. face. And yep. saying, I don't know what's going on here, but she's just trying to tell us something. So they don't make I'm pediatricians
0: like him anymore. He was no, phenomenal.
1: Because what doctor can you call at two a.m. that answers his own phone? Yeah. And w- this was with Julia our first, and we were panicked, you know, about every stupid little thing. But she had a really high fever, and it was two in the morning, and we're like, we don't know what to do. And he said, well, let's put her in the bathtub, you know, and 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 you know, put put some um, room temperature like her temperature, ninety eight point six water all over her to try to bring down the fever. And we're doing that. And he's like, and don't worry, I'm just gonna stay here on the phone with you the whole time. I mean, who does that, no. right? And he waited, yeah. you know, 10, 15 minutes until we probably sounded less scared. Like, oh, she does seem like she's breathing better now. He's like, yeah, once the fever comes down she'll sound better and she'll breathe better. And, and yeah. we're like, "It's yeah, it's working, it's working.
0: But he was, I remember with struggled. Gracie one day, she was so funny. She, even as a baby and toddler, she, she's, my mom used to say she's peacefully willful. She would never do something she didn't want to do, but she's so peaceful. But we take her there and to see if she had an ear infection. And she's screaming every time he tries to look in that's, her ear.
1: That's a joy <laughs> as though he's too. trying to that's kill cool her. Doctor. And... <laughs>
0: He finally looks at me and says, okay, this is the way it's going to go down. I'm giving you an antibiotic because I would have to break her arm to look in her ear. (laughs) She, he said, in all my years, this is the first time I can say this. She won. She beat me. I cannot look in her ear, you know, and I can't, I'm not going to break her arm to look at it, you know?
1: So yeah, he was funny he was such a good doctor though yeah just really yeah a a really kind guy down to earth you
0: know (laughs) yeah 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 he had the like tattoo and he was such an interesting such an interesting guy that dr tom
1: so so great yeah maybe
0: if Clara, you know it would have been interesting if she had had him as her pediatrician because Mm -hmm. he was much more astute than the people that she ended up with but whatever that's a story for another day
1: (laughs) right exactly no I think he really I mean a lot of people don't didn't like him I will say yeah I heard that from a lot of people he had an unusual personality oh he did but I could get behind it I liked it (laughs) It
0: oh I liked it too he
1: was gruff he looked like a little he looked like a
0: seafaring captain or something like he looked Uh... like he had just walked off some boat his sleeves were rolled up he had this green tattoo Right, white <laughs> hair and um, kind of like Jim Ka- Jimmy Cagney or James Cagney, like an older James Cagney. But yeah, yeah you could you could call him anytime. He, he was he did look at them. He did look at the kids, and yeah, it wasn't about the number of minutes or the forms that he had to fill out or anything like that. Right, and yeah, yeah, he was great.
1: Yeah. He was sort Um, of old, you know, old school. He was. Um, Yeah. But yeah, I could really appreciate that. Um, Especially as a first time mother, you know, he was, he was a really, really great pediatrician to have as a first time mother. Yeah, he was. And
0: that's where I got him because you referred me to him. And then I was so weird that, you know, the books told me that I should interview doctors. (laughs) Yeah. So I went to interview him and I think he wasn't even taking new patients at the time, but he took me probably because of you. He was so funny and so tolerant as I sat there asking him these interview questions.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know,
0: I think he just was amused by it and thought, all right, you know, but um, oh. okay. Well, you have a great rest of the day. And thank Ah, you for always being such a beautiful, fabulous, wonderful friend for my entire life. And that you are such a helper, you know, of this podcast. So, so much a part of it with me. And I so appreciate that. Oh, well, you're welcome. And right back at you. That's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Okay.
1: Bye, Rosanne. talk next week. Okay.
0: Okay. Sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye, honey. Thanks so much for tuning in. I love that there is a community of people who, like me, feel connection, finding authenticity and meaning in our lives, and really being intentional about the way we live um, is important. I I love it. I love that I'm not alone in this, and I appreciate the people who come on the podcast, and I appreciate you for listening. And I want to give a Final shout out to William Aronson, who wrote, produced, recorded the theme song for Soulful Connections. I will be forever grateful.